And good Sunday morning to you. I am Susie Jones, back in the saddle after a couple of Sundays off. Sunny skies right now, 51 degrees. We are very, very happy to have you with us on this bright and early Sunday morning. Charlie, nice to see you. It's been a little bit. Uh, good to be back in the saddle. I know. I don't recognize you. I know, right? Yeah. I like no. <laughs> Well, I flew in from Denver, Colorado after spending a couple of days at my cousin's mansion slash cabin in uh, Dillon, Colorado, and did a lot of soaking. I soaked in hot minerals, spring water. I went into a steam cave, ancient healing powers. So I just want to tell you I'm perfect now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's how that works. <laughs> and on the plane, of course, I'm chatting with people and I ran in, you know, we're all coming back from to Minnesota. Nice couple from Painesville. I'm going to say Bill and Jean. That's what I think I remember. But if they're listening this morning, thank you for tuning in because I said listen on Sunday morning. <laughs> and I want to mind anyone listening right now, the number to call is 651 651- Four six one nine two two six. You are part of the show, and that's why we appreciate you texting or calling with a question or a comment at any time over the next hour here. But I have to tell you, Charlie, I am tickled pink because we have a special guest in studio. It's rare that we can beg someone to come in studio on a Sunday morning. She is Dr. Sarah Murray, an interventional cardiologist at Alina Health, Minneapolis Heart Institute, she works at United at the East Campus in St. Paul. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Charlie. So happy to have you in studio. Thank you for coming downtown. Oh, I know. This is very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. There's not a lot going on downtown at this time of day, but yeah. that's Traf- okay. Traffic was good. Yeah, traffic was light, <laughs> unlike yesterday. Well, thanks for coming on. I wanted to talk about heart health in general because I think it is well, heart disease is so pervasive in the United States. And I want to little talk a little bit about what you do and where you are on the spectrum. Are you stopping heart attacks? Are you fixing heart attacks? Kind of talk about the work you do as an interventional cardiologist. Okay, great. Yes. I um, Well, I do a variety of things in my job as a cardiologist. So anywhere from trying to prevent them to stopping them. So the entire spectrum, actually. Okay, that's great. And on so in any given day, you might be dealing with a heart attack or someone who has heart disease. It could run the gamut. Correct. Okay. What would you say is the most common heart ailment that comes across, comes in front of you? I mean, I kind of explain heart disease. Is it not kind of different in different people? Kind of talk about the what that's all about. Yeah. Well, I think when people hear the term heart disease, I think most of the time they think of blockages in arteries or Mm -hmm. or their blood vessels. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's usually a buildup of cholesterol plaque in their blood vessels. Sometimes it can calcify if it's been there long enough and it starts to harden. Um, So we deal anywhere with preventing that from forming in the first place. So I might see someone who comes in for a visit because they have a bad family history Mm. or they have some risk factors like high cholesterol or high blood pressure and they want to know, how do I stop this from happening to me? 
Um, and then I see people, I do procedures where we place a stent, typically in a blood vessel, to relieve an area of blockage like that. When it's and you do that? I do that. Even yes. though you're not a surgeon, per se, or are, do you do uh, surgery? Well, so I, we do procedures. They are catheter-based, so we put a catheter in a blood vessel. Yeah. Um, no open-heart surgery. That would be our cardiovascular surgeons. Yes, yeah. yes. That's yes. a different ball game. Yes, yes. Of Look. which I have seen in person, Sarah. Oh, you have? Yeah, in um, Madison, Wisconsin. I did a, no, it was La Crosse, La Crosse, Wisconsin. When I was working in television, they gave us an opportunity to watch a heart surgery. Okay. And let me tell you, hearing that buzzsaw is, (laughs) and smelling the bone. Sticks in your mind. It really does. It really does. And, you know, the, the hat's off, man. You guys are just amazing in how uh, incredible the work you do to because it is such an in, I was interesting organ, but you know what I mean. It's the big one, isn't yes, it? Yes, we feel like it is the organ. The body. organ, yes, yeah. yes. Without but, the heart, you can't do too much. No, yeah. but would you say brain or heart if you had to count? Well, I got to say heart, right? I'm oh, totally biased. Right, right, right. You wouldn't do brain, yes, first. but very, very intric- intricately connected. Yes yes, 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 yes. You know, I was at the Minneapolis Heart Institute one time to do the test where you put your arms over to see if you have a plaque. No, what is in your chest um, that they can check? I, I bet you would have had a coronary calcium score. That's what I had. Yes, yes. Now, how imp- does it, is that quite revealing, a, your calcium score? Um, can be. It gives us a lot of information, which is why I mentioned before when uh, cholesterol forms in the blood vessels, sometimes it can calcify. And so... If there is calcification in or around your heart arteries, that usually means to us, hey, there's some plaque built mm-hmm. up there, and mm-hmm. we need to be more aggressive about preventing that. Um, you know, maybe doing some other testing, um, taking things a little more seriously if 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 we know people have that. Right. All right. Six five one four six one nine two two six. That is our talk and text line. Our city's one talk and text line. So as people are listening to us talk just generally about heart and heart disease and intervention and prevention. We would love you to be a part of the show. And I will tell you this: we have a caller right now, not to call, but a text question. I was told not to take calcium pills. Bad for heart health? Question mark. Do you know anything about calcium pills and their impact on our hearts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a great question, and I get asked that a lot actually in clinic. Um, the amount of calcium we ingest does not actually correlate with our heart calcium score. Okay. Um, think of it like, uh, and, and and it's it's interesting. Some some people that have cholesterol plaque. Um, it, it does harden and calcify, and some people it doesn't. And I don't know if we know exactly, you know, as much as as we should. And that's where ongoing research is still happening. But um, in general, what you ingest calcium wise does not deposit or direct in your, uh, you know, directly in your heart vessels. Very good. Six five one four six six five one four six one. Nine two two six. I'm saying it slow because after not being here for a while, sometimes I mix up the numbers. Mm-hmm. And Charlie always graciously reminds me that I've said it actually wrong. So then I must say it again. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Listen, it's about sixteen past, but I'm going to squeeze this in. 
this is another text question. So this is great. We really want people involved, and we'll continue to talk about different issues, but the, the, the callers and the listeners are great. How much exercise should a person do per week to get a heart rate in the maximum rate for a 64-year-old man? Do you understand? So the question is, oh, you know that. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, in, in general, there, there's a lot of debate, actually, about this topic. Um, how much is too much? How much is too little? But in general, I think the, a good recommendation is to get 30 minutes of sustained exercise, meaning aerobic, getting your heart rate up, mm-hmm. about five times a week. Okay. If you want to do more, your joints feel good. I don't think there's any harm in doing that. But in general, we want a good five days a week of that sustained aerobic effort. When you say sustained, are you looking at a heart rate of, you know, I don't know, what is it? Sometimes you can tell what rate, it, what zone it should be in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in general, the recommendation is moderate. So if, if you're going by percentage of heart rate or max heart rate or zones, you know, um, kind of that if if you're on a, a zone one to seven kind of program in the four to five okay, zone okay. range, three to five, um, 60 to 70 percent of your max heart rate. And okay. there are calculations out there for that. But in general, <laughs> it's 220 minus your age. Is oh, is your, it? Is your max heart rate with exercise. Uh, so the, then you can go back and calculate the percentage of that, you know. To, and that's good for me because yeah. I'm 60, so I can do the math easy. Right. So what would yours be, <laughs> right? Yeah. You would be 160 mm-hmm. is your max heart rate. Yep. And then in general, if you can get 60, 70% of that for a half hour. Okay. Sustained, you'd be pretty good. I love it. Yeah. 651-461-9226. We will take a break, but we are getting more questions. So this oh, is great. 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 Again, we are talking to Dr. Sarah. Sarah Murray, an interventional cardiologist at Alina Health Minneapolis Heart Institute. She works at Alina Health, Alina Hospital, and the East Campus in St. Paul. And we want you to be a part of the show. We're talking about your heart here on WCCO. It is 722 on a Sunday morning. We are so happy to have you with us. My name is Susie Jones. Charlie Weiss is at the helm. It's sunny right now, 51 degrees. It's going to be a nice day. Happy to have that ahead of us. I love these fall days. I really do. They're perfect. And we are so happy today to have Dr. Sarah Murray, an interventional cardiologist at Alina Health Minneapolis Heart Institute on the East Campus. She works at United in St. Paul. We are getting so many texts, Sarah. This is just fun, yeah. fun, fun. And what we'll do is try to get to as many of them as we can. They do tend to just... Uh, Fly right by, but there was one earlier that I thought was important to bring up because I've heard of this before. Is there a correlation between gun di- gum disease and heart disease? I've heard that. Is that mm-hmm. true? And if so, can you comment on it and why would that be the case? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Texture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there has been a lot of interest in this in the past and a lot of research because the idea is um, – you know, microbacteria get into the bloodstream when Mm. you have your dental cleanings or any other kind of dental procedures. And whether that um, uh, causes inflammation in the heart arteries, um, uh, it it, it can, but it hasn't, um, you know, we, there are a lot of other risk factors like high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, that play a big role in that. And I think there is some um, there is some issue with that, but I, I 
In general? In general, I wouldn't say that it is something that is strongly correlated with, okay. with heart disease. Thank you so much. Texter 651-461-9226. Hello. Good morning. I had my aortic valve replaced with a Medtronic freestyle valve. My platelets have been low, 104 to 120 ever since. Is there any correlation with the valve, in your opinion? Uh, without knowing more specifically okay. about your situation, I, I I would probably say not. But definitely, if you're concerned about that, I would, that's something I would bring up with your cardiologist. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another question, kind of funny, from this texture: <laughs> Can I die from eating a couple of eggs every day? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love eggs. Yes. I eat hard boiled eggs a yes, lot. Yes. How many should you have, doctor? Well, I, I, I don't think two is out of the question, but if you want to do it every day, you know, maybe maybe one or two times a week, again, everything in moderation. Oh, do we hate that but word? I don't, don't we hate that word? I don't word. think two eggs in the morning is going to kill you. <laughs> two eggs in the morning every day. Yeah, that would like, get high, so don't let yourself do it every day, maybe three times a week. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in moderation, I think that's a good key. And then, you know, you also want to know, well, what are your cholesterol levels doing? That is the one oh. I hate so much. <laughs> My mom constantly asks me, and I'm so laissez-faire with it. I'm so, who cares? Mm-hmm. How important is that cholesterol number? Uh, very important. I mean, like... Get it checked, Susie. Get it checked. I know, but, you know, to get it checked, I'm just pushing back here. You can't eat. You got to go in in the morning. You got to get your blood drawn. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> excuses, excuses. Um, but, but to the cholesterol question, though, and I'll get to more of our text questions. Um, so I have... I don't even know. What is... I have good... The I have a good of the correct one but i have bad of the bad one mm-hmm. but that's not good enough right you have to get the bad one down C- correct so so when you get when someone gets their cholesterol levels checked uh it's ideal that they come in fasting um and what we measure is typically uh, it's a panel it's called a lipid panel and you you get a total cholesterol number uh-huh. and then that's comprised of your triglycerides um, which is ideally why you want to be fasting because that's the one that can be affected by short, you know, ingestion uh, okay. near to the blood test. And then you get your HDL uh, levels, which is high density lipoprotein. Uh-huh. Um, I like to tell my patients that's the good one. You want that to be high. That's the H. Okay. And um, that's the protective one. Okay. And then you get um, the LDL or the low density lipoprotein. That is the one you want to be low, the L, because that's the bad fraction. So you get a whole panel, and based on that, we can kind of assess your risk and whether. So, for example, though, do you try to do it with diet right away? When do you introduce a medication to help Mm -hmm. you lower that LDL? Mm -hmm. That is a great question. Thank you. Yes, (laughs) that is just right on there. Uh, one of the most common questions we get asked, actually, um, and it depends on your family history. Mm. It depends on your other risk factors like high blood pressure. Do you smoke? Do you have diabetes? Do you have heart disease? Um, for example, someone who comes in for a preventive kind of visit who may have some family history and their cholesterol levels are not great. Mm-hmm. 
um, but they don't actually have heart disease or other risk factors, we would probably start with something like diet and lifestyle modifications. And back to the eggs, right? Uh, yeah, You exactly. can't have a lot of eggs. I mean, eggs, this, isn't there a connection between a lot of eggs and cholesterol? Uh, yeah, but um, some of the, the cholesterol in the egg can actually be the good kind of cholesterol oh, okay. versus, say, a McDonald's you know, Big Mac is, is going to be more of the bad cholesterol. The, so, um, uh, and, and, and if there's any, you know, there are a lot of our cardiology groups that offer dietitian and nutrition services for people with all these kind of questions too. So that's something to ask your doctor about if that's available. Um, because that's something that uh, we can be proactive about, right? What right. we put in our body. Absolutely. So, there's a lot of things we can't control, but that is something we can be proactive about. 651-461-9226. This texter writes, I had open surgery. I had open heart surgery to replace the aortic valve because the bad valve particles, there was an uneven heart enlargement. So the question in, for that person is saying, how can a heart, can it go back to normal size and how long might that take? Mm-hmm. Any ideas? Um, yeah, that that's a really good question. And again, I think it depends on, on the specific situation. But um, the whole idea of treating these kind of conditions, especially valve conditions, is that um, if there has been some heart damage or heart remodeling from it, that it would improve afterwards. But again, it depends. I, I think it really depends on the situation. Okay. And, um, okay. Those would be great questions to ask your cardiologist Absolutely. Um, at your next visit. Because you'll be visiting. Yeah. I'm going to take a little break right now, Charlie. It is about, uh, isn't it 7.30 almost? So we're going to do a little break, Sarah. We're going to talk great. about the weather and play some commercials, and then we'll be back. We have a lot more questions okay. coming from our listeners, 651-461-9226. We will be back right after this. Good one, Charlie. <laughs> All right, we are talking about your heart for the next half an hour. And let me tell you, it's a popular topic in studio with me. I'm so happy to say is my friend Sarah Murray, Dr. Sarah Murray, interventional cardiologist, Alina Health Minneapolis Heart Institute at United Hospital on the East Campus in St. Paul. Thank you again, Sarah. It's been, it's flown past, hasn't it? Yes. We are loaded with questions. So the person that we were talking about before we took the break says, good morning. I was diagnosed with a atrial atrial fl- you say flutter, it. atrial flutter about three years ago. It was corrected before I needed shock treatment. I've been okay since the question is, can it come back? Yes, it can come back. Okay. It is different from person to person and it's always a difficult question to answer, but I I, I tell my patients there's a 50-50 chance it could come back, right? It's, it either will or it won't. Okay. And it, it, it is um, everybody has a different pattern in terms of frequency of episodes. Um, and so that's a really hard diff- a really difficult question to, yeah. sit, to say exactly, like, here's your percent of recurrence. Sure. Um, but I, 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 it, time will tell. Time will tell, <laughs> basically. All right. Um, this person says... To Miss Susie Jones, please ask the doctor if a human heart can be overworked. Mm-hmm. If so, does the heart just stop or what? I mean, if you, we were just talking about how much exercise to get and what your heart rate is. So if you overdo it, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. What is the answer? Yeah, I, that's that's actually been a really interesting topic lately, too, as to how much exercise is too much. And I think we know the extremes are probably too much, right? Um, uh, strenuous exercise every day. There's more and more evidence coming out that that may be not the best thing for your heart. Um, but the heart's an amazing, adaptable organ. Um, so I, I don't think it would just stop, which is <laughs> which is reassuring. But um, you know, again, I think getting back to our point earlier, a moderate amount of exercise on a consistent basis is going to do your heart good. And that is the next text question because I wrote it down, but someone wanted to say, could you please repeat that information about percentage uh, involving your age and your weight and how much you want to shoot for? Yeah. Yeah. So very basic formula, again, is 220 minus your age um, would be your maximum heart rate. Um, so that's let's just say that's 100% uh, of what you what you should achieve with exercise. So depending on how intense you want to be with your exercise, moderate would be about a 60%, 70% um, effort. So let's just go with Susie's example. Okay. So, so, so Susie says she's 60 years old. She doesn't look 60 years old. Uh, so we're going to do 220 minus, 100, minus 60. Uh, one, 60, sorry. So her max heart rate with exercise should be around 160. And that's if she's really, really, really going 100%, right? I fall over. Okay, so, so what should I shoot for? Yeah, so if she wants to do a moderate amount of exercise, we do 60% of 160. Which we decided is? And that would calculate out to be about 96 beats per minute. So... If she's wearing a heart rate monitor or checking her heart rate on her Fitbit, those are very popular. Your Apple Watch these days, um, that would be the heart rate she should be shooting for during her 30 minutes of aerobic exercise five times a week. And I would imagine walking. So Sarah mm-hmm. and I walked around Lake Cahoon, mm-hmm. Bade McCuskey, the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a rate. If it was below that, then you're just not getting – if you're walking at a milder pace, you're not really going to see it. Then. Yeah, and, and I think a good a good rule of thumb, too, is uh, that moderate uh, level of exercise. You should be able to hold a conversation okay. without gasping for breath or speaking in short sentences. So <laughs> I would say the other day we, we, we achieved that. Did so, we? <laughs> yes. We also walk longer than half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Yeah. I like walking. Yeah. Uh, this texture writes six five one four six one nine two two six. What about egg whites? I know we're jumping all over, but I'm just going with the flow. Yeah. Uh, is is an egg white better for you than a whole egg? Well, it's not. It's not going to have the cholesterol from the yolk, right? Most of the cholesterol is in the yolk, so um, that's why a lot of people tend to. Tend is that to, good though? Is that yeah. true? I mean, yeah, I, I don't think there'd be a problem with eating a lot of egg whites. Okay, all right, good. Doctor, can you talk a little bit about high triglycerides? Cholesterol levels are great because I'm on Simavastin. Mm-hmm. I hardly ever drink alcohol. I have type 2 diabetes under good control. I'm always limiting carbs, yet triglycerides are well over 300. Mm-hmm. Is that just a genetic thing? Yeah, it could be. Uh, also could be part of what we call a sort of a metabolic syndrome, which tends to go... Um, uh, which tends to occur in people with diabetes, high triglycerides. Um, there's some other factors as well. But um, the triglyceride level isn't as strongly correlated with uh, uh, cardiovascular disease, plaque buildup in the blood vessels, like the LDL, the, the bad fraction, the one we want to be low. Yep. Um, but certainly, um, you know, we do have 
medicines to um, help with that. The The main risk of hydroglycerides is uh, what we call pancreatitis, which is oh. inflammation of the pancreas. Okay. Um, but uh, real common to kind of see that pattern in people with diabetes. All right. 651-461-9226. I have had mitral valve prolapse for many years, so my doctor recommended I always take C-L-I-N-D-A clindamycin before a dental appointment? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Um, is, is, is there a question? Yep. She, several years ago, I had some dental implants. The doctor said it wasn't necessary that I continue to take them, that mm-hmm. that was, quote, unquote, old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. The, the guidelines for uh, taking antibiotics before dental procedures was revised several years ago because we were treating a lot of people that probably didn't need to be treated anymore. Mm. And that was leading to antibiotic resistance and concerns about that. Um, so, uh, mitral valve prolapse is no longer an indication for antibiotic uh, use before dental visits. There are other certain things like if you've had a heart valve replaced, you have a foreign um, you know, object, foreign object in your heart, yes, or um, or you've had a history of a valve infection. Those are kind of the main reasons we do antibiotics these days before dental procedures. Very good. <laughs> We're talking to Dr. Sarah Murray. She is an interventional cardiologist at Alina Health Minneapolis Heart Institute. She works, though, in the East Campus at United Hospital in St. Paul. And we have time here for more questions. If you want to call and ask a question live on the air, you could do that. People love text line, though. It's easy to get it, get it across. Uh, this texture writes, when filling out a medical form, is AFib considered to be a heart disease? Um, yes, it is a uh, a heart rhythm abnormality, and that that is technically you know part of the heart and yep. a uh, abnormality. So technically, yes, that is heart disease. Saturated fats in products. Uh, you know, we're all told to do this and not do that, and then next year there's a study to do this and that, mm-hmm. not do that. Uh, talk about saturated fats in products, and should we avoid them? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, again. Um, uh, this is a hot, this is a hot topic yeah. um, all around, right? In in many areas of of health and medicine, but um, we tend to well, we do recommend that you avoid saturated fats or try to keep those as a low portion of your diet. Um, so things like that, you know, again, would be fast foods, processed food, things that you can get easily. <laughs> Sadly, I sadly uh-huh. and taste really good are, yeah. are likely going to be more um, more of the saturated fat kind of foods. So, um, the more things you can get and prepare yourself, um, lean meats, vegetables, spice them up, make them make them taste good. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, good, good. Mm-hmm. All right, six five one four six one nine two two six. We'll t- get a couple more in before we take our next break. Um, hello, doctor. Are there any statins that do not cause muscle and joint pain, including injectables? Mm-hmm. Great question. Yep. Thank you. Uh, one <laughs> one of the most one of the most common medicines we use in cardiology are the statin yes. class of medications, and uh, there are a good handful of them. And um, there are some that could potentially have a little lower risk of of muscle aches, which we call myalgias. Um, but uh, all of them can do that. 
um, it can be a, a difficult situation because if we need someone to, to take those and they can't take them, um, it's tough. Sometimes we recommend the use of an over-the-counter medicine. Um, also can sometimes be prescribed called coenzyme Q10, huh. which can sometimes, uh, anecdotally, there's never been any Study. controlled studies, um, but it's safe and um, sometimes help decrease or lessen the risk of, of muscle aches. The injectable medications are not statins. Um, those are a different class of medications that have come out. And those actually do have uh, um, a lower risk of myalgias, and we use them a lot in people that are not able to tolerate statins. Those question follow-up on statins. My dad was on statins for many, many years, and we have kind of a family hereditary mm-hmm. history of having high cholesterol, high mm-hmm. bad cholesterol. So the question I always had is I had heard, and I don't even know if there are studies that support that long-term statin can cause cancer because he died of gallbladder and liver cancer. And have there been studies that link those to the best of your knowledge? And Mm -hmm. if you don't know, that's fine. I was just curious if you take them for 20 years to keep your cholesterol in check, are you kind of then hurting yourself in the long run? Yeah, I I don't think that's played out. Every once in a while there'll be... um, um, Occurrences of that in the trials of cancer, uh, dementia was a big concern at one point, um, but those really have not been directly correlated okay. um, in in the thousands and thousands of patients that have been studied in these trials. All right, the benefit of the statins far outweighs any kind of concern about those long term effects. Very good. We will take our last break, but we have more questions. I'll, I'll just tease you with this one. We've heard the, that an aspirin a day mm-hmm. helps you. We're going to find out if that's still a thing after this break on News Talk 830 WCCO. And we are back for the final segment of the big show, the health show. Dr. Sarah Murray is our guest. She's an interventional cardiologist with Alina Health, and we're taking your texts. Questions, 651-461-9226. We've got about five minutes to go. So what I did is grab some topics from people that we, we mentioned we were going to ask about. Does an, is an aspirin a day really a thing? Should a person, I mean, to prevent heart disease? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, another great question, another hot topic. So that we used to always say an aspirin a day keeps the doctor away, right? Just mm-hmm. like the whole apple a day question. Um, but uh, again, all the guidelines have really changed about that. Um, there are um, certain risks to taking aspirin, um, uh, upset stomach, um, potential ulcers, and potential bleeding risk for aspirin. So um, we really looked at who should really be taking this instead of more of a broad population um, approach like we used to. And really, it's it's people who have known heart disease, um, who have had stents, who have had bypass surgery, and people with a lot of heart risk factors in family history. So if I see someone that comes into clinic and they have high blood pressure and they have high cholesterol and they have diabetes – that might be someone I would say, hey, you should be taking an aspirin a day. Um, and an aspirin, does it thin the blood? What does that do? Yeah, what Why it does, does that is it, it prevents the, the platelets in the blood from sticking together and potentially uh, clogging up things, um, causing little, little clots in the arteries. So heart attacks, strokes, prevention for that. Um, 
And the recommended dose is usually what we call a baby aspirin, which mm. is the 81 milligram dose a day. Um, but as far as, hey, once you reach, say, uh, 60 years old, you should start, start taking an aspirin a day. We don't usually recommend that anymore. Okay, good. Next question, red meat. <laughs> I know people I love, love a good steak and yeah. so do I. Um, I know you're going to use the, the M word, moderation. <laughs> do not eat a big fat steak every day of the week, right? Right, right. right. Um, yes, you, you know me by now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think again, it's, you know, we have to, we have to live and we have to enjoy our life. Right. And so, um, I tell my patients, if you can get 70 to 80% of your diet with the lean meats, the fresh vegetables, fruits, go by all means, go and have your steak on your birthday, go and have it on special, special occasions. Sure. Sure. But try to I keep it in moderation. In moderation. <laughs> Tattoo that on your forehead. Uh, this texture just jumped in with that. Um, and I'll add because it's it's red. Red wine. Is red mm-hmm. wine, a glass of red wine every day, can that be helpful to your heart? Mm-hmm. And, and what do you think I'm going to say about I that? I think you're going to say moderation. <laughs> I think maybe every day is not yeah. the thing, but... Yeah, I think uh, usually the, the, the recommendations is we do know that, um, you know, red wine can be heart healthy in moderation and usually uh, one or two glasses a day. But that also depends on your glass size. So, <laughs> so typically, typically uh, one to two units a day is what we recommend. And a unit is actually about a half a glass of wine. So let's wrap with this because we have about a minute left. Uh, that calcium score we talked about at the Minneapolis Heart Institute, you know, I did that. For myself, can a person, and this will be our wrap up, they asked about it, can they call their doctor, their primary doctor, and say, hey, I'd like to do a heart scan so that I can tell what my my number is? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that, and you can just call and make an appointment. Yeah, that, that is a very good screening test, and it's something your primary care provider can easily order. And it's called a heart scan. Yes, but uh, technically it is a, uh, a coronary calcium score scan. So, and it's CT. It's a it's a CT based scan. Very good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sarah. It was so good to have you on. I love it. I love Pleasure. it. We'll do it again. Okay, great. And that'll do it for this hour. We've got your money coming up next on News Talk 830 WCCO.